0: This is the Prairie Prophets Podcast with host Brandon Butler. Biogas. What is it and why is it good for the environment? Today's guest, Patrick Surfass, is the executive director of the American Biogas Council. If there's anyone in the country who can help us answer those questions, it's Patrick. Welcome to the podcast, Patrick.
1: Thanks, Brandon. It's great to be here.
0: In full disclosure, I'm a new board member of the American Biogas Council, very proud to be serving on the board. Thank you, Patrick, for having me. It's great to have you, Brandon. And I've uh, found a a niche that I can help work on, which is the education and outreach aspects of the organization. So very excited that Raceline is part of the American Biogas Council and that I've now been afforded an opportunity to serve. So Patrick, what is biogas?
1: Well, biogas is what gets produced if you put a bunch of organic material on a pile and you just sit it there. Um, there's microbes already present in manure, already present in your food waste. It's what turns your hamburger meat brown when it sits on your counter. Certainly in the the wastewater sludge, the stuff that we flush down our toilets and sinks. And if you create a nice warm environment that's body temperature, like a cow's stomach or like our stomach, about 100 degrees. Those microbes will reproduce when they're starved of oxygen like they would be in a stomach or in a closed container or in the middle of a pile. And when those microbes reproduce, they eat up the organic material and they burp out biogas. And that biogas is methane and CO2. And uh, it's being produced today. We'd love to capture it because methane and CO2 are not great for our environment and great for our air. But methane's got a lot of energy in it, too. So there's lots of good things you can do with both the methane and the carbon dioxide that's in biogas.
0: At the American Biogas Council, we're talking as a board a lot about the fact that biogas is becoming big enough now that we need to really put some resources and some effort behind educating the general public of what it is and why it's beneficial. People know about solar power. They know about wind power. They may not know all the technical aspects of what goes into producing energy that way, but they know that it exists. And now we're working to bring education to the masses about biogas as well. At Raceline, we make biogas currently in the form of renewable natural gas from the digestion of manure. What we're talking about on prairie profits is everything that goes into being able to restore native grasses to establish a more robust cover cropping system. And to harvest those native grasses and cover crops in a sustainable fashion and make biogas from those sources as well. That's how we've qualified as a climate smart commodity, a new climate smart commodity in agriculture that's gonna return ecological services to the landscape while affording us an opportunity to produce biogas, which is a renewable energy. Patrick, How did you come to be interested in biogas and to lead the American Biogas Council?
1: Well, I actually, I came to biogas uh, from a career in renewable energy. So I've been working with the solar industry and the hydrogen industry uh, and some other biomass industries for about a decade. And I was at a renewable energy conference and some companies from the biogas industry, companies that were making anaerobic digesters, which anaerobic digestion is the process that happens when those microbes eat up organic material and burp out biogas. They were like, we don't have an organization to help our industry to grow. We don't have an organization to help make sure that policy, as it's being developed for renewable energy and for agriculture and for wastewater and for food waste, that those policies are being developed in a way that will help biogas systems to get built and help our businesses to thrive? Uh, will you create that organization for us? And that's, that's the world that I have been in with solar and, and hydrogen before is working with trade associations and managing them to help those industries to grow. And so I switched from, uh, from solar and hydrogen over to, over to biogas, and that was 13 years ago. We started with about 20 companies and we're over 400 strong now, about 5,000 individuals all working to build more biogas systems, recycle more organic material, make renewable energy, and recycle all the nutrients that are in that organic material back into our soils.
0: Now, I'll put you on the spot. You can't name all 20, but who are a few of the early companies at the American Biogas Council?
1: Well, uh, DVO is the first one that comes to mind. They're a Wisconsin-based anaerobic digester technology company. Um, And they they're the American company that probably has more digesters on farms than anyone else in the country. And then we had a couple engineering companies who aren't around anymore. Um, The engineering companies were really important because they were technology agnostic. So we had we had one of the engineering companies that was originally the chair of the ABC to begin with, because um, Paul Green was was his name and he wouldn't He could be agnostic to different technologies. But we had had a few engine companies. Uh, I think 2G was in there as an engine supplier and a few others. So it was like the people that were making the technology for the biogas systems, the people selling the digesters themselves, and some engineering and service companies that were serving those companies in the industry.
0: I think it's fair to say that the growth has been explosive. It's often referred to as a modern-day gold rush. Talk about what it's been like to work through that growth and how rewarding it is to see the American Biogas Council become as big and as vibrant and as important as it is today.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's it's so rewarding. I mean, you know, anyone in their career, you know, I think I think most people would like to make a difference and to be working on trying to improve the environment, trying to make more renewable energy, do more recycling. Uh, and to see massive growth in all these areas uh, through the biogas industry is, is, is just the best. I mean, it just makes you love your job, makes you love the contribution that you're making, making to this world. The interesting thing, though, is that it's not like some kind of widget or some kind of piece of equipment that that became really popular. And then everyone decided that they, they wanted it or it wasn't it wasn't something else that happened in the industry that that was really necessarily responsible this growth all the organic material that you make biogas from that's been about the same or growing at a slow rate right all the food waste and the wastewater sludge that we make biogas from that's proportional to the population so that's growing at the same rate that our population is growing so it's growing but nothing like astronomical and the manure and our agricultural waste that's growing with the size of our agriculture industry and, you know, I think over time, the number of animals, especially dairy cows, which is where a lot of the manure comes from, swine, swine as well, the number of farms and the number of animals have been decreasing. The milk production's actually gone up because efficiency is decreasing. So we haven't even seen, we haven't seen astronomical growth in any of those areas that are mostly responsible for the volume of organic material that we have to manage in the United States. And so the growth really comes from two areas. It comes from education, people learning about what biogas systems are and the great things that they can do. And that's contagious because, you know, Farmer A will get a biogas system and it's working really well and they'll talk to Farmer B and then Farmer B wants one. And, you know, same thing with municipalities. And it takes off as people learn more about how many benefits you can get from it. And then it's policy as well. And some of the policies We've been able to make sure that they're developed in a way that really recognizes and rewards the benefits that biogas systems offer, just like wind and solar and other technologies get rewarded for what they can contribute. And when you put smart policies in place like that, it can really help incentivize growth of an industry. And now you're building businesses and you're doing more responsible things for the environment. And that's, that's the one-two punch that's, that's really uh, valuable here
0: the benefits are endless if we wanted to dig into all of them it would take much longer amount of time than we have to complete this podcast but when you dig all the way down to a localized benefit you know the biogas is being captured and and returned to the natural gas grid on our projects in north missouri and iowa people want to know though how does this benefit me and i can tell you just from a local rural north missouri standpoint the elimination of the odor of the manure in the air is a huge benefit to the neighbors that live downwind from these farms. Because if they're smelling anything, that's biogas that we're missing and we don't want to miss any. It's under the tarp, it's going into the pipeline and it's being calculated as renewable energy. So for all those people living up there, not only are these projects creating jobs, high paying, good technical jobs with benefits and and really economically depressed parts of the country a lot of the time. It's also improving air quality drastically. When you're sitting outside having dinner in the summer and the wind's blowing from the direction of a, a large farm and you don't smell anything anymore, that's a, a tangible benefit that local residents are, are really happy to have, along with all the economic and environmental improvements that come along with the projects being in that area. On-farm is what I'm most familiar with. There's also landfill gas and other sources. But can you explain to people what's going on with landfills and the collection of biogas from landfills?
1: Yeah, so it's actually the same process. And the same by the same process, I mean it's the same microbes that are eating up organic material and burping out the biogas. In a landfill, you have basically layers of garbage, and every other day you put a layer of soil on top to help keep the birds away and and the odors odors away. And you layer in perforated piping, so piping that has holes in it. And as you fill up the landfill, the material that is now covered and suffocated by the material that's on top of it, now it's oxygen-starved. And that's why anaerobic bacteria, those particular bacteria that don't like oxygen they reproduce and they're the ones that burp out the methane. And as you do that, you put a vacuum on those pipes that have holes in it and you're sucking all the gas in through those pipes that you can. And there's a balance as you're managing a landfill to make sure that you're you're sucking in enough of the biogas and not just air from outside. And so you're constantly tuning different parts of the wellhead, through the different parts of the landfill, to put more vacuum or less vacuum in to make sure that you're collecting all of those gases as much as possible. And that much biogas is is produced, let's just call that X. From from a ton of organic material going into landfill, you produce X amount of biogas. And we need to be doing that because there's tons of things that we cannot economically recycle. We're going to need to have landfills in our society for the foreseeable future or some other kind of means of disposal. But if you take out the food waste and the organic material that that was dumped into that landfill, if you could take out just that segment, just that ton out, and you can put it into an engineered tank that optimizes those conditions, it's always the right temperature for the microbes. It's that Goldilocks mix of not too hot, not too cold, not too acidic, not too alkaline, not stirred too much not stir too little. And in an engineered tank in a biogas system, like an anaerobic digester, you can optimize those conditions. And when you do that, you can get at least 2x amount of gas coming out of that. And it's not to say that one is better than the other. There are definitely pros and cons. Anaerobic digesters are more expensive than landfills, but they produce more gas. And so there's, there's costs and benefits, but at the core of it, it's the same microbes eating up the same organic material and working out biogas. The whole goal is to be able to capture all of that and then put it to beneficial use to displace fossil fuels for energy.
0: For those that don't know how it works on the farm, I'll give you a simplified version of it. But where we operate on swine farms, there's roughly 8000 hogs contributing to one lagoon at any given time. So 8,000 hogs are defecating and urinating in the barns that they're in. That's going through a slatted system. It's being moved by recycled water and scrapers into a lagoon, a pit, basically looks like about a four acre pond. Historically, those bugs would go to work. They'd break down the solids. Those solids would just leave the water and go into the atmosphere, contributing CO2, methane, And other dangerous greenhouse gases into our atmosphere. We come in and we tarp over those lagoons and capture all of those gases underneath an impermeable cover. Then we use a little bit of electricity to power a compressor that moves that gas from underneath that lagoon cover to an on-site gas purification skid. And from there, that upgraded methane is natural gas. Therefore, renewable natural gas that's injected into the national natural gas grid mixed with natural gas coming from more traditional sources and used to power vehicles, homes, and really anything that needs natural gas for power. That's the direct benefit of the biogas collection to society as a whole. Those gases are no longer going into the atmosphere, contributing to global warming or climate change depending on how you want to define it and staying out of the atmosphere and and no longer causing the air pollution that you would have to smell or deal with if you were in proximity to one of those farms on a grander scale it's providing a renewable energy that offsets fossil fuels so it really is something that's powered by nature but able to be collected upgraded and used as a renewable energy source patrick how have you seen biogas as an industry scale one how has the industry become larger and two how are projects scaling down
1: it's really not the size of the projects that's changing it's it's really just building more projects in the places where the organic material is if you could visualize a map of the entire united states And remember, there's going to be organic material from food waste and wastewater sludge where all the people are. So think about the bigger cities, medium and large sized cities. And then you think about, well, where are all the animals? Because that's where all the manure and the agricultural waste is going to be. There's dots now probably all across the country. Like, where can we find in the U.S. that there aren't people or animals? And that means organic material is everywhere. And organic material is wet. And wet is heavy it's got water in it, and heavy is expensive to move. So you don't wanna move the organic material too far if you can avoid it. What you do is you build the biogas systems where the organic material is. And so the growth in the industry that we're seeing is more biogas systems being built where you can collect organic material. Now, if you've got a medium or large size farm, you've got enough material there to build a biogas system just for one farm. But if you've got a small, a smaller farm, you might not have enough material to justify the capital expense of a biogas system. So that small farm is now looking for what other small farms are nearby so we can pool all of our manure, or agricultural waste together. Is there any food waste processors nearby? They will have organic waste probably from their process. And let's look for those clusters where we can pool things together. So the growth in the industry has really been kind of starting from where the easiest and most obvious collections of organic material and let's put biogas systems there. And now it's the harder to develop projects where you have smaller volumes of organic material and need to cluster those together to to be able to justify the expense of building a biogas system. I don't know what the number is, but I bet that we're recycling less than 5% and might even be less than 2% of the organic material that we have in the U.S. So we've got about 2,400 operational biogas systems around the country right now. And that's a lot and they're everywhere, but most people don't know that. And it's also a drop in the bucket compared to the number of systems that we could build. We could build at least 15,000 new systems. And it's just because that's how much organic material that we have. As a society, we have to find a way to manage it. That organic material is not going to magically disappear and go someplace. We have to manage it. And there's only two ways to recycle it, biogas systems and composting systems. And we need both of those. And so let's, let's build as many biogas systems as we can to be able to handle that material and help, help the industry to grow so that the environmental and societal benefits that they offer can be enjoyed by all of us.
0: At Raceline, we're working to build smaller systems that can be applied to smaller farms. Thankfully, we're surrounded by really smart engineers throughout this entire industry. Because I have ideas that I have no idea how to to bring to reality. But in my mind, I see biogas going as far as the collection of organic waste from individual households. Like In my mind, I can see a subdivision that when you flush your toilet, it goes into a collective digester. When you put your food scraps through your garbage disposal, it goes into the digester. Your grass clippings, your leaves in the fall any organic material being returned to a digester that could then turn power back to those homes. What do you see, Patrick, as far as the future of this industry? How far can biogas go?
1: Well, you know, Brandon, I, I have to, I have to say, you know, with your vision, it's, you know, that's, that's already happening at a larger scale. And and I think what you're saying is that you want to be able to do that on a smaller, smaller community scale. You know, I, I live in Washington, DC, and we have, one of the largest wastewater facilities in the country here, and it has a biogas system. And so when I flush my toilet and when I have food waste or the food that our our kids don't eat and maybe I'm not in the mood to eat it either, I can put it down my garbage disposal and know that it's going to be recycled by the anaerobic digester at the wastewater treatment plant and get turned into biogas. And that's awesome. And a lot of major cities have that. The trick, as you're saying, is is scaling that down. I think that most of the growth in the industry, well, first of all, it's going to come from every sector because we have we have not recycled enough organic material on any of the three major sectors that I've been describing: food waste, wastewater sludge, and agricultural waste, mostly manure, but it's other agricultural waste too. So to farm food and and wastewater. We're not recycling enough of the material in any of those sectors. To have even gotten, like I was saying before, I don't think we've gotten five to fifteen percent, you know, of the market there already. So the growth can come from any any of those sectors. I think, though, that what will really fuel growth is, as citizens, a society, that we have to recycle our food waste. Because I think I think the key for making things, you know, for for the, the biogas industry, it's a relatively niche industry right now, even though we've got 2,400 plants out there, it is not as widely known as wind and solar and natural gas. It's not as widely known as the dairy industry and the swine industry and and other industries that are out there. And I think the way that we move to being more mainstream and more known by the general population is when the general population recognizes something that the biogas industry is doing that matters to them. And we all produce food waste and we all pay for our food waste. All the food waste that we generate in our homes is food that we've already paid for. And I think there's a lot of attention on recycling glass, metal, paper, and plastics. If we could put that same attention to recycling food waste, then people will ask the question, well, how do I recycle my food waste? And there's only two options, compost systems and biogas systems. As people care more about recycling food waste, they're going to ask, how do I do it? That's going to lead into biogas systems being discussed more and being more often included in the suite of solutions that any area needs, whether it's urban or rural to be able to manage, manage that organic material. I think that's going to be a big part of it. I think in the, in the rural sector, there's going to be other drivers. You already mentioned odor. I mean, the, the opportunity to reduce odor from farms is something that anyone living nearby is likely to appreciate. And then, you know, you look at other benefits in terms of being able to offer the renewable energy in the form of renewable natural gas to people who live nearby or renewable electricity nearby, that can have an attraction as well. So I think it's, I think it's awareness of those options that can reach everyday Americans. As that happens, I think we'll start to see the next wave of growth.
0: Patrick, how can people learn more about the American Biogas Council and potentially become involved?
1: You know, we're online, so AmericanBiogasCouncil.org. When you get there, you're going to see some stuff that's for the companies in the biogas industry, but you're going to see a bunch of stuff for people who just want to learn about biogas. And poke around. We've got some great videos there, uh, some links to some Prairie Prairie Profits episodes, and some other things. BBC covered biogas, biogas system on a dairy out in California that's using it to make renewable electricity to fuel BMW vehicles off a farm there and uh, there's lots of lots of cool things happening so i encourage you to explore and uh, start looking for the stories that are near to you or resonate with you and then tell your friends
0: thank you patrick for joining us on prairie profits i um, looking forward to seeing you in a few weeks at our board meeting down in georgia and becoming more involved in the abc and all the good work you've been leading
1: thanks brandon thanks for all you do for all of us it's great to be able to be here
0: Thanks for listening to the Prairie Prophets podcast with host Brandon Butler.